Welcome to the Awake to Joy podcast. The advice and strategies contained here may not be suitable for your situation, and you should consult a professional where appropriate. Let's listen to today's program. Hey, Renee. Hi, Annette. How you doing? I'm all right. So we just finished part mm. one, learning the characteristics of a narcissistic person. And I know folks are going to be curious because we ended the last one saying, we'll check into part two, because we'll talk about how do you get away from that narcissistic person that is controlling you? So what do we have? <laughs> well, it's important to know that though they may feel like they could leave at any minute and be fine, that usually the victim is not. No. It's not so easy, especially um, with fathers abusing children or mothers abusing children. The children, um, there may be many reasons why they don't want to shout out they're being abused, but one of the ones that I hear commonly is, I know if I say something, because everybody says, say something, right? Yeah. Is they're going to take my mom away or my parents might divorce. I don't want my parents to divorce. I want my mom and dad to stay together. And yes, they do want their mom and dad to stay together. They just want their mom different or they want their dad to change. They don't want to be abused anymore. Right. And there is this horrific trauma bond that has happened between the victim and the abuser. Now you use that word, that term trauma bond. So go deeper in that before you go further in the others. What's well, I can give bond? it to you in the adult version and okay. then you could figure it through for the children. They thought they loved him. Yeah. That's why they gave up their virginity. That's why they did this and that as a couple type thing when they never would have done that before. They thought they loved him. You're talking for about a child, relationship. They thought because every mother's supposed to love their baby. They loved them. They fed them. They did everything for them. Uh, the same with the father. So they thought that they loved him. The person mm -hmm. who tricked you when they said, yeah, keep dancing, having fun. You figured it was okay because it was a moment where, you know, they liked me. I like yeah. being like, just for me, being me. And just for me dancing and having fun. I, I, it makes me feel loved. And it was horrifically used against you. Correct. And there was a bond that happened there. And when you say you love me, Renee, and then all of a sudden you turn away from me and say, well, I don't love you anymore. Two weeks later, I'm thrown because I, uh, inside of me, I have that in my brain and in my heart that you love me. Right. It doesn't stop and fall out of my body, that thought or that feeling. When that I, other person stopped, doesn't right? You stopped. Um, yeah, they had dreams of being with that person forever, possibly. Or as a child, they had dreams that the abuse would stop, and eventually they'd just be a regular dad that's on TV, like they saw a regular mom that they saw that made meals and sewed clothes for them and did all this stuff and played games and rustled the hair. They dreamed <laughs> that that would eventually happen. Right. And that trauma bond is there because, again, they thought they were loved. 
they had dreams of the future. There was nobody else. There's no one else to replace your mom or your dad, Renee. You got one of each. True. And for even those who are dating, they feel like there's nobody else who's going to replace that hole that's going to be in my heart. If I leave the relationship, no one's going to ever understand me the way this person understood me. Correct. Because they rescued me from all sorts of hurt, I thought, but now I'm in more hurt than I was in the beginning because it's being used against me. Oh, yes. Um, and now they're feeling like they're crazy, even as a child being told, well, that didn't happen or no, 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 no. I was just doing this. You took it as something different. And because of that doubt, that trauma bond is there as in they're the ones who are saying, and I'm not. And so I need them in my life to know when I'm crazy, when I'm thinking thoughts that are wrong. They're even doing the thinking for them. Yeah. Or there's that financial bond. And so it's too hard to leave because again, there's this bond that's going on there with whether it's you had children with them and or financially you bought a car together it's really hard to walk away or as a child you're wondering should i i can't leave because where would i go i don't have an extra home i'm not an adult i can't run away from home because where would i run away to and who would and if i go me? to the police which many victims have they're returned right back into the home mm. where the abuse is happening right. so that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about trauma bond. Thank you for clarifying that. That makes, <laughs> oof, makes a whole lot of sense. I would just say, keep in mind that while in that narcissistic relationship, uh, be it it was a parent or an uncle or somebody, you know, that did the abuse on you or be it a relationship that you were in, a love relationship or even a friendship, um, they could have used, you know, we started this whole thing out with the Christian. It's not really talked a lot about in the Christian realm. Well, one of the things that's also not covered a lot is how Christianity and how scripture is misused and abused against the victim as well. I've heard of this also often. Uh, one friend, especially, it was... It was just forced upon her. She would be quoted scripture at her <laughs> by the narcissistic. It was a spouse. And he would use that to force things upon her to do that she was not in agreement with. And then afterwards, you know, she did. I know this segment is about getting out of, you know, leaving that relationship. She did that, but she continues to find a wound when she's attending a church because she hears these messages and the messages are not always spoken to the person who has been the victim and it grieves my heart <laughs> you know uh, because scripture talks about loving your enemy forgiving your enemy putting it to the side and keep working at it you know and when it comes to abuse and a narcissistic person that's abusing you, you do need to walk away. This is not a forgive and forget and just try to live life beautifully after that. 
there has to be a severing, like you said, with the um, with the fishing line. This is a snippet situation. <laughs> a snippet situation. You know what I mean? You well, every situation, every situation will be different. You never yeah. know if that person who is the abuser is going to find Christ. But it's not your job to stay in the abusive situation, living with the abuser until they find Christ. If you're being abused, there needs to be a break, a separation. Whether it needs to be a divorce or not, I'm not there to make that call. And so I don't even want to put that in on this chat. But scripture does talk about it. And you can go discern and pray and seek God's people to find your answer in it. But if it's, if it's to stay in an abusive, hurtful situation, then I don't believe there's, God's not going to want you in that. Yeah. I don't consider that God's blessing over. No. Why That's would not, God yeah. want a child to constantly be sexually abused in there? No, he would want the child rescued out just the same as a woman or a man that is being abused. You must look at it with eyes of compassion and empathy. I know there are, are many religions. I'm not talking religion. I'm talking love. Right. And I'm not saying that the person doesn't have feelings for the abuser. That's what gets so confusing in all of the mess of the narcissistic behavior. Because the victim is usually madly in love or loves the person that's abusing them, but it needs to stop. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's where it gets very complicated, especially with children, because they don't want to ever lose their parent, no matter what. Right. And that's what keeps them in the situation of continuous abuse. And if an older adult who has fallen prey to a narcissistic person can see that they're in the same predicament type thing, even though they've made choices to stay in, that they could actually get help. They can actually find relief. They don't need to stay there at that point with it. I agree. I agree. There are some times that a mother and father-in-law will find that their child is in a nice not narcissistic relationship and there's grandchildren involved in the other, and they're staying involved in their life, even though they realize one of the mates is the behavior is just off the wall and they've mentioned it to the victim several times and the victim's not listening and they're praying that it will stop. And they're at a loss of what to do and they care for the grandchildren so much and i think they really need to seek god on how they're going to be involved yeah where their involvement's going to take place and how much they're going to be exposed to the narcissistic person as well as they just don't have to have boundaries they have to have super boundaries super boundaries yeah because if you you, cross if you give it spouse, all if you give it all it's going to be yeah. yeah it can blow back up in your face 
yes. because the counting of the cost still has to be in there. And, and it's the really tough. And it might be to the point that you have to back off and you let your, let's say, daughter know, I'm sorry, but your husband is acting this way. You see he's acting that way. You're praying that he changes. We pray that he changes, but this is unhealthy. It's unhealthy for the kids. It's unhealthy for you. It's time for us to step away because we are not going to have you know that going on and him manipulating us. It's not going to happen. So it's complicated, but in every situation, I would say pray and seek counsel from wise people in your life. Seek yeah. wisdom. Again, it's very helpful if you go ahead and you make a list of the reasons why you would want out, even if you're a in-law, why would you want out of just having, you know, you want to have a loving relationship with your son-in-law or daughter-in-law. You want to have that, but if it's too unhealthy, that'd be one of the things that would go on your list. How's it affecting you spiritually? How's it affecting you physically? Emotional. Is it causing you to constantly forgive them? Well, what's so bad about forgiving? That's for sure. But if it's causing you bitterness, because turmoil. that means in turmoil going on, if it's costing you financially, these are things you have to evaluate, but making that list helps you to do that more reasonably. Yeah. Well, that's hopefully a, that, that was, will be helpful. Yeah, I was going to say that's that was a good twist to throw in there because it's not always a relationship you yourself are in <laughs> or a friendship, you know, or the, the being the victim as a child, but yes, you have these other relationships around. You have other relationships. That you still have to navigate and be mm -hmm. wise about. I love the work relationship. Yeah. When you start working <laughs> with somebody who's very narcissistic, that mm -hmm. type of thing, and everything has to be about them, uh, that turns out to be very interesting and you find yourself deciding, is it worth staying at the job? True. Um, I remember the person was a manager, very narcissistic, hit at least seven of the different descriptions that we talked about. So that's mm -hmm. a lot. But they kept this person in this position because I asked, I went up the ladder. I asked, how is this person doing this when all these other things are happening? They more than make sales every year. They more than make sales. They're three times better on their sales score and everything than any other department. And so they're leaving them there for that reason, so which may be what, right. And even though I, do you agree with it? No, we don't. But we're not going to go ahead. And it was like, okay, so I already knew I needed to look for another job. This was not going to be the place for me. Yeah. That's tough. It's tough, but at the same time, that's why we couldn't keep anybody in their department because they all kept quitting <laughs> and it was going to eventually be up to those who got hired and when I did talk to those who were on the team who had been there for many years. And then she showed up. They didn't want to lose their position in the company. And so they put up with her because they are going to retire in three or four years. Mm. But for three to four years to be manipulated and treated horribly and disrespected and 
all these other things is not worth it to me, right, but to them it was, and they have their reasoning for it. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate, but sometimes people are so close to the retirement or they feel like they're 60 something years old and now's not the time to go looking for another job. And they're just hoping this other person quits when I came in, this person had already been doing this management job for 15 years and horrifically narcissistic. Mm. And the company wasn't going to do anything about it because this person really brought in the money. Wow. And that's what mattered. And when I realized that's what mattered at the company more than people, it was time to leave. Yeah. You grieve it and you go. You go <laughs> illusions. Mm. So I remember working with someone and they loved to go out and eat. It was just something they always enjoyed doing. They never did it as a kid with their family. Their family was too tight to do that. So going out to eat was always special for this person and mm. their narcissistic partner knew this. So whenever he was in trouble relationally with her or whatever it was, he would always be quiet for a couple of days, let her stew in her not being wanted because mm -hmm. he's staying away from her because she's mad type thing. And hey, how about we go out to lunch? And he chooses one of her favorite restaurants. And she's like, yeah, I should forgive him. I, I want to do that. And so... He picks her up and she even on Facebook will take a picture that they're at this restaurant. She's all excited. She wants people to know she's happy and she's going out and she's eating and she's taking a picture of her food and him and her together. And I'm thinking, oh dear, I didn't even know they had problems with, you know, the argument or whatever it was the day or two beforehand, but I could already see the writing on the wall. It was working it. <laughs> And the whole argument that they had up front was she didn't want to do something that he wanted to do. Mm. And so after the meal, he takes her back home and everything. And it goes back to, he still wants to do what he wants to do. And she's thrown and she's upset with him. You're, you're messing things up. Everything was so wonderful. Don't you see? He goes, how come it could always be about you? How, see how he flipped it? The illusion, yep. he was yep. so kind and everything. And now he's accusing her. Why does it have to be about you and your wants? Playing the victim again. <laughs> Manipulating. <laughs> he manipulated, but he gave this illusion of I'm taking you out for this romantic dinner type thing, something you want, you desire, and you enjoy. Yeah. And then I asked for just a little thing. And you're saying no, because you're being so mean and it's all about you. Mm. The illusion of a giver. The illusion of a giver. How many times have we had that happen, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I remember when I was dropped off at the church to be counseled by the pastor that we went by his secretary in there and talked and she was very nice and everything. And he was telling her she could go home for the day, which made him look like a hero. And to right. her, 
that was like hot dog, I'm out of here early type situation. A treat to her. Yeah. And so he looked like this really nice pastor who was letting people get off of work early, the illusion of it all. And then, of course, when my mom dropped me off, he gave the illusion of being nice also and trusting. Why don't you just let me drop her off at your house? I'm going that way when I'm done. So he kept adding to it. And for my mom, who drove like 40 minutes or so, Mm -hmm. 45 minutes, it was quite a while to drive out to that location where the church was at. This was a huge blessing. Right. To not have to drive all the way back to pick me up again. Absolutely. So he sounded like he was. So here's this illusion of this pastor who's such a giver and so nice and everything. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I know, I'm being abused in his office. Mm -hmm. The illusion part is what I see with narcissistic people as they put on all this illusion and they set it all up just so they can get exactly what they want. Yeah. Without caring what happens again to the victim. Yeah. We were talking about a lot of times I don't, I don't get to hear <laughs> what are the points that we're going to put into a video. But yesterday you had said, just pray about this one. This is going to be about the narcissistic person and where in your life, Renee, have you experienced that? It was a question, something like that, but it was a camper. We had one of those pop-up campers as a family, you know, and we go camp- yeah, go camping every summer. It was something to look forward to. You know, we were a camping family. I'll call it that um, with aunts and uncles, you know, and so I looked forward to it. And there was a time when the camper got pulled out to the yard and popped up. You know, it's a kind that's kind of like a metal on the bottom and the top yes. part is like a canvas or whatever. So it got set up and I was just thinking, man, we that's a big deal to have a camper put up in the summertime or even have a tent put up in the summertime and being allowed to sleep outside, you know? Oh yes. Special. <laughs> it just made it special. Yeah. So that was the thought that came to mind was, yeah, he did that for us. That was pretty cool. I, I, I don't remember the celebration as a family, us doing that, but I just remember the coolness of, wow, they're giving us permission and wow, they did that for us. But immediately it went to the abuse. I remember the abuse that went down inside of that place. You know, mm-hmm. it was like it, it, the perfect word that you just used was illusion. It was an illusion. I don't know that that was set up just so that I can be pinned in there. Yeah, it was an illusion that I, I think that all of us looked forward to this as a gift you know, and something fun that we could all enjoy. But we'll play in the backyard in the darn pop-up <laughs> tent. Yeah, and, and, you know, be able to unzip the side and look through and watch all the, out here you have those lightning bugs and stuff. Just the fact to be able to hear nature and see lightning bugs, just be outside. It was a big deal, you know, longer than bedtime. And so I'm just imagining the excitement that all of us had to have felt to have that gift given to us. It was like a gift given but it flipped pretty quick because the memory came, not the Mm. imagination of, we must've had such joy about this, but the fact came of, I was abused in that camper, you know, it's almost like the layer was set up and I 
totally was blind to what it could be to the setup of what it was going to become, you know, for the, for the narcissistic behavior to happen. And I never, not until we really talked about it, did I think about that? You know, we talked about a, a grooming video previously, and I hadn't thought about that until, you know, we brought up that discussion and it relates also to this narcissism that, that it, it was for a selfish purpose that it was served. It was for a selfish purpose. I believe that that was popped up. And I guess my hope would have been that it was set up for pure reasons, but it didn't end up <laughs> for pure reasons. Makes sense. And I, I resisted even sharing this part of the story because my hope is that that person will be redeemed. My hope is that there was a pure thought before they went into doing it, setting that up. But this is pure narcissism. And I was a victim. So it sucks. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate it. Yeah. As well as I find it so valuable in our vulnerable state to share these things due to somebody else is able to see it through an example yeah. and it's really hard to give fake examples <laughs> it truly it's easy is. for us well it's easy for us to give the examples of everyone else around us that's that's easier because sure. we've been able to help lift somebody up out of that and it makes it a lot more raw when you know we're, we're exposing what we walk through you with um the pastor's office and all of that illusion that was set up imagine how you were even thinking like oh this is going to be a great session walking in definitely didn't turn out to be that and then to have to be driven home 40 minutes afterwards makes me want to cuss <laughs> and i'm not a cusser cursor cursor cusser <laughs> yeah. all right well thank you for going deep renee i appreciate it absolutely all right love you Love you too. I feel like there's more though to the illusion piece in it. Okay. What else would the illusion piece be? The illusion was just, we just gave examples, but then what do we do with it? When I had mentioned my friend who got in the situation with her partner and they're back at the house and she's saying no, and he's making her feel like she's such a loser. She's only thinking about herself. I'm talking about the dinner story. The dinner he, story. He, he treated yes. her to dinner. Okay. Her Dick favorite her out, thing. That type of thing. She went ahead and went along because she felt so guilty. She went with, she was gullible to all that he had to say, went along, was un, so unhappy afterwards mm -hmm. because she basically felt like she went, you know, he went right over her boundaries that she had. She was so disappointed in herself. And she had such shame. He leaves. She goes on with life. And he stays around for a certain amount of time. He even comes back and brings her a gift. The illusion of, look, I'm giving you this. You're down. I'm trying to bring you back up again type thing. The illusion kind of continued in that way. But yet her heart is hurting. She's spiritually grieving. Yeah. And so... 
the week goes on. She ends up talking to me about it. And I said, had this ever happened before? I don't think so. And so she started thinking, I said, when was the last time you were taken to dinner? And then she realized there was a pattern because we mm -hmm. talked about how each time things went a little further or whatever it was, but it was always her boundaries discarded. Yep. Didn't matter. And the same pattern. When she was able to see the pattern, mm. I asked, do you want to see it stop or you want to keep going on this roller coaster? And she had to think about it because she really liked being loved in this manner of somebody taking her out for dinner. She really liked it that much. She really liked the feeling that somebody was enamored with her and wanted to do things for her and brought her gifts and all the other. She wasn't sure she wanted to give that up. Well, that part she was, truly wanted to be wanted. That part was glamorous. <laughs> That's the part you always want. <laughs> but when I talked about when he got into the discussion with her, how it wasn't her fault, how he flipped the tables on her each mm -hmm. time, she had to stop and really think it through and it happened again. Hmm. But this time she figured I'm prepared because I could see it now. Annette has talked with me. I could see it. He's not going to flip the tables. And he was so crafty and so skilled. It all happened all over again. And she came back again with the same wounded heart. And I said, so you decided to stay on the roller coaster. That's your decision. I'm not going to blame you. I'm not going to nothing. Just know that you're showing your children. Because she had two children. This example, they're seeing it. You may not think that they're seeing it, but they are. Do you want them to live this way? And that changed things a little bit for her. She had to rethink it even harder. That's when she decided to take a step back, start writing that list, and the thing mm -hmm. was, she found that list was a lot longer than she ever expected it to be. She wow. thought it was only the times that happened after going out for a dinner. Mm. There was a lot of other things that took place that she didn't realize. But she didn't know the full meaning of the word narcissistic either. And so it took spelling it out and showing in different ways. And that helped her to do the step away. Amen. to pull away because he said he accepted christ only because she brought him the truth there were so many ties that were happening between them mm. and it was very difficult but i uh, got her tied in with a really strong church she had a good strong counseling program that was in it and they were able to help her finish walking the rest of the way out which was wonderful That's huge. she felt loved she felt supported she felt those things she was hungry for filled in by God's people that could come around her and do it. She did start to treat them, by the way, narcissistically the way she was treated. Mm. But they had good boundaries and said, no, your behavior is wrong. Yes. Because she felt like she didn't want to lose the love. Remember, everything was about that meal meant love to her. Yeah. The attention meant love to her. All of that meant she was wanted. And all of that pointed to me, somebody that desperate 
was that she was possibly abused as a child. And when I had asked her after our relationship had grown, she admitted that she had been. And so it was just a recreation. It was going to, the pattern was going to continue through and thank God it didn't. Yeah. I applaud her as she's listening today. I applaud you. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen. And thank you for drawing a picture of what it looks like on the other side as well. You know, when they do step out and also defining it as a roller coaster because it's definitely what it is and what it feels like for sure you know with the emotions being jerked back and forth and all of that we've covered (laughs) it is like a roller coaster ride of highs and lows the extremes of both i like roller coasters at a theme park i like roller coasters but i would not want to live on one not this one at all at all well thank you and that shows too that um like my thinking when we're going into this it would have been nice to have like a like a to z guide you know getting out of that narcissistic situation and what i've learned is it's it's the same with leading someone to christ it's the same with so many other things is None of them, none of it's cookie cuttered. It it's has not cookie cutter and it's customized. done through love. It's done yeah. through love. And it has to be customized to that circumstance and that situation and how Christ will meet you right there where you're at. Yeah. And you could be at a different place than somebody else's in, in the recommending and such, if that makes sense. So it has to be catered to that individual situation versus, versus that A to Z across the board. Yes. So thank you, Annette. Oh, thank you for sharing. You're welcome. All right. Bye. You have been listening to the Awake to Joy podcast. Views expressed in this podcast are the speaker's opinions. Thank you for listening. If you could please give us a review below, we would appreciate it greatly, as well as share this podcast with your family and friends. If you would like to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. Check the show descriptions for more information. Under no circumstances shall Awake to Joy, its employees, volunteers, guests, or officers be liable for any direct or indirect losses or damages arising out of comments made. We look forward to chatting with you again. Because he lives, it changes everything.